on this week's show. Disappointment at Eastbourne, but chasing a third FA Trophy upset. We hear from Tunbridge Angels goalkeeper Johnny Henley. It's all to play for. I mean, saw so, so what we've done against Torquay and Kings Lynn. We, we've got respect for Bromley, but we won't be fearing them. It was Derby Day in National League South. We hear from both Dartford manager Steve King and Welling United boss Peter Taylor after the darts ran out 4-2 winners. I just felt we had that little bit more quality. And when you look at the goals, they were, they were all class goals. You know, I've got a lot of respect for Dartford and a lot of respect for Steve King. They've built a good team here, but I thought we matched them in every way in the first half. Corinthians still going strong despite failing to take their chances against Whitehawk. Paul Sawyer gives us his thoughts on that game. We said to the boys at half-time, yeah, let's be a bit more positive second half, yeah, get on the front foot, and I thought we did. I thought the second half was a better team, and uh, we had some good chances second half, and unfortunately, yeah, we should have come out with three points. And Margate's head of recruitment, Steve Miller, tells us all about his role at Hartsdown Park. He's been in the game for years and years, so he's got many contacts who can be passed through names, um, and we go from there, really. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Kill Only Podcast, sponsored by Nick Cullingham Plumbing and Heating. Uh, we're late to the news this week, but we've got a show jam-packed with interviews from across the county, so hopefully you will enjoy it. I am John Phipps, as well as being the reason that we're late this week, as also for the first time thrown away the shoes off my feet in the town centre this week. Uh, and on the line now is a man who's relieved we're doing the show a little earlier tonight, so he doesn't have to delay his bedtime. It's Matt Gerrard, how are you mate? Not bad, yes, I can still go to bed at nine o'clock, which is... Uh... Sad. Pleasant thing because I don't like I don't want to be too late, mate. You know, I do like my bed and it's cold and it's warm in bed. So uh, yeah, not too bad. So what was that about your shoes? You threw them away? In the in the town centre. So basically we uh, we went out on Sunday afternoon and uh, I put on a pair of uh, a pair of shoes that I was that I've worn a few times and, and I didn't think there was anything wrong with them. Literally by the time I'd got down uh, to the next road along the seafront, I realised I was like, these don't feel right. And I looked and they had like a, a, a crack across the bottom and I was like oh so I said oh well we'll just keep keep on marching we'll get into town and, and, and we'll get some more by the time we got into town it was two cracks uh right across the bottom so it was quite a, a desperate station so I went into um the shop that sells the pizzas or not uh first of all looked and they didn't uh they did I tried on a pair and they were all right then I went to another shoe shop and I got a pair of shoes so I literally bought the pair of shoes put them straight on took my other ones and threw them straight in the nearest bin could you have given them to a homeless person if they were there? I, I did think that, and I wouldn't be surprised if if someone went through the bin and saw them. But uh, I didn't feel they were in good enough condition, really, for for anyone there, because they were, I reckon, another ten ten paces, and they might have been in in complete bits anyway. So yeah. they, they were they, they had they expensive it. shoes. Clearly not. Uh, I think I bought them in on sale uh, a couple of years ago. They were sort of they're more boots. I think I've only paid fifteen quid for them, but. But I, I replaced them sort of like for like with a pair that was about 30 quid. So they were in the sale. So that was quite good. Uh, yeah. But what, again, I only wear brown shoes. So were they brown? Yeah, they are brown. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah I don't check. You know, yeah. Brown shoes is the way to go. So amazing how yeah. you only wear one normal shoes. But uh, you, you like to, to take a keen interest in managers' footwear. Very much so. Very much. And, and yes, I do. Steve King has got a nice array of footwear. Um, He's probably the best one, but I do like to keep an eye on what managers are wearing. But you like if you see the Premier League, they've all got these um, uh, sort of same sort of style shoes with a really white sole and base. Is that that's the right word for a shoe? So that's it's all the rage these days, isn't it? All the rage, yeah. Like Arteta, he loves a bit. He loves a nice pair of shoes, but as does Steve King. Um, my favourites are his Winkle Pickers. You've mentioned Steve King's Winkle Pickers before, which is a, yeah, a disturbing sentence. 
Yeah. I don't think they, he's quite a small man, so I don't think they fit me, but they are an impressive pair of shoes. Yeah, they certainly are. Uh, it's our 202nd episode this week, and 202 apparently is a Smith number. No, me neither. Uh, I also managed to find songs called 202 by an American rapper called Goldlink. Almost none of the words in that are repeatable. Uh, and another by Slovenian songstress Senida, who, when questioned about rumours about her sexuality, said that she was in an emotional relationship with music. Uh, I also found a band called The 202, who I assume are English and middle class, as most of the videos on YouTube appear to be filmed in one of their parents' conservatories. Uh, as I often say with my journalist hat on, social media has given everyone the chance to be a journalist, and in case it's now doing the same for singers and dancers too lovely just get a camera set something up and, and away you go well we could put this on youtube but um by the looks of it it's probably not even though next week i am doing a youtube live because you like somebody from halifax wanted to contact me some young lad yeah and apparently i have to be on camera brilliant and it's going to be live wow live. well let's know when it's going to be we'd all but like yeah, to tune in social media and we'll well, he wants to know how Dover will be going this season. So um, I'll be saying, saying the same old things, but, you know, there we go. Yeah, lovely. That'd be, uh, that'd be interesting. Yeah. And, and fair be place. in the boards for him there, wasn't it? Yeah, he did get in touch with, uh, with us first and, and I wish him well, that, that young lad. So, yeah, do let us know when it's going out and we'll, uh, and we'll give it a bit of publicity. But, yeah, Matt Gerrard live on YouTube. What a time uh, to alive. be alive. Uh, right, enough of all that anyway, because we've got loads of football chat this week. I'm going to start with Tumbridge Angels with a brilliant result on Saturday as they ended Dorking Wanderers' epic winning run. When Adam Coombs fired them ahead inside four minutes at Eastbourne on Tuesday, they would have been hoping to carry on that form. But despite a really strong performance I felt on the night, Steve McKim's men went down to a 3-1 loss in difficult conditions at Priory Lane. After the game, I spoke to Angels keeper Jonathan Henley. It's disappointing. I thought we were good enough to to get a result out of the game, but I think just a few mistakes. Probably one in the second half and two in the first half just cost us. And um, second half, we didn't have enough um, efforts on goal. We had a lot of pressure, but didn't have, nothing came from it. And... Um, we need to bounce back quickly again because, um, yeah, we were more than good enough to, and, and a more than good enough side to come and get something from the game today, uh, a draw if not a win. So, disappointing. It was also one of those where in the second half you did almost everything but score, but you didn't really force Lee into a save, did you? Yeah, I'm not sure he had a save to make in the second half, and um, that's something we've got to look at. And um, I mean, we had a lot of pressure. It's all it's all well and good having I mean, a lot of pressure and uh, and, and, a, and a lot of the ball, but um, you've got to do something with it. So. Um, I mean, it was a great goal from Coombs to start off with. It was a great start, but it's just disappointing how we how we went there on uh, in the game. And um, we've got to look at ourselves, we've got to look at it Thursday, and bounce back on Saturday. What's happened to that first goal of theirs? Because it looked like the ball had gone out of play, and then the next thing they're running away celebrating. Yeah, I mean, I've, it looked like it had gone out of play, and I've not I've not a clue how it's gone in, not a clue. So I mean, I need to have a look at that. But um, absolutely, it's. One in a hundred, I think. You're one in a thousand, I think. But um, he's definitely not meant it. But um, yeah, need to have a look at it to tell you, to be honest. So I'm not sure. If you look at the bigger picture, though, if someone had said to you three points from, from your two tough away games this week, I think that would have been a decent return. And it was a brilliant result at Dorking. Yeah, I mean, we always back ourselves to get a result. So, I mean, three points. I don't think we would have taken it necessarily. I mean, we knew we could come here and get a result. We knew we could go to Dorking and get a result. So... Um, yeah, it's not a horrendous return, but I mean, we always looking to do better. Uh, you move on now, Saturday, FA Trophy. You've already had two scalps in the division above. You must be looking forward to trying to make it a hat-trick. Yeah, definitely. I think it's all to play for. I mean, we, we saw what we've done against Torquay and Kings Lynn. And um, I mean, 
we won't be we, we've got respect for Bromley but we won't be fearing them and um, it's uh, it's something that we, it's a chance we're relishing so um, yeah I mean we're all looking forward to it and um, it's a, it'll be a good crowd at home um, and I mean uh, we, we can beat anyone on our day at home so um, yeah we're all looking forward to it and we'll be preparing now um, for Saturday Bromley have also lost tonight so I guess they'll be looking to bounce back as well but like you say you've got absolutely nothing to fear no definitely I mean like there's nothing to lose I mean we we uh, we, we we know what we we know what we can do and we um, we we've shown what we can do as well. So um, yeah, I mean Bromley will be keen to progress in the tournament as well. So I mean uh, it'll be a great game and um, we're all looking forward to it. The FA Trophy is a, a funny one, isn't it? But you know if, if you win on Saturday, then you can really start to look and think. Well, hang on a second. Yeah, I mean it's a lovely prospect, isn't it? But um, I mean you just got to concentrate on the next game. It's an old cliche, but. Um, yeah, it's it's obviously a, it's a, it's a great outcome to to get to the final and play at Wembley. And um, I mean, we'd all be lying if we said we didn't want to get there. And, um, and, and I mean, but it's just we've got to concentrate on Saturday, and then and then we look at uh, hopefully we progress through, and then we can look at the next game. And the fans, I suppose, that they'll play a big part on Saturday. Definitely, they always do. I mean, even tonight and away at Dorking, and uh, the end, we've got great fans, a great following, and. Um, the support they show is great and all the boys are very, very thankful for that. So um, I'm sure they'll be uh, along me to be rocking on Saturday and um, yeah, it'll be a great day. And just finally back to the league, it's, it's, it's a funny old situation. There's only one team going down, I think you're nine points in front of Billericay at the moment, but you've got to finish as high as you can, haven't you? I definitely, I mean, it's sort of three steps forward, one step, uh, three step, one steps back, so um, today and... Um, I mean, we we always looking at above us, and 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 we always looking to improve and climb the table. I mean, um, yeah, it's uh, it's disappointing where we are in the league, but I mean, we're still building something here, and um, and and yeah, we, we're still looking to improve even now at this point in the season and and climb the table. Uh, we'll talk about the FA Trophy shortly, but but it shows where Angels are at the moment that they were disappointed with that result, and and on their performance on the night, I think Matt, they've got every right to be. He seemed pretty heartbroken as well there, didn't he? Oh, the keeper. Um, very disappointed. After such a great win against Dorkin, but as you said in the interview, if you'd have offered three points out of those two games, you'd have probably taken it um, from that point of view. Yeah. yeah, Consistency, I suppose, is for the Angels going to, to Dorkin and getting a result. And on the, day, on the day, as you said in there, that plenty of possession, but no cutting edge. Was that what you'd say in, the, in that game? Yeah, I mean, the, the goal Lee Walgarty in the goal hasn't made a save, and and it and I mean Tunbridge were dominant, especially in the second half. They were they were literally because the the second goal uh, for Eastbourne, the first goal is is incredible, and uh, I saw it on, on video earlier on today, and I know you've seen it as well. It, the, the finish is is unbelievable. I don't know how he's managed to to score that, but the second goal was right on the stroke of half time, uh, and then early in the second half, um, Harry Hudson had to clear one off the line. But apart from that, it was all one-way traffic. All of the action was down to my left-hand side towards the goal where Tunbridge Angels were shooting. But they just didn't get an effort on target. They, they went close a couple of times. But I think they'll be disappointed that they didn't manage to work Lee Wogan in the slightest. But for, for all their possession and their lovely play, and they did play really, really well, I thought. Um, really lively down down the flanks and everything. But they just didn't test the goalkeeper enough. And, and it's the age-old problem that Tunbridge Angels have had all season. that They don't score enough goals. Uh, I think they've got what 27 is is, yeah. is what they've scored in their 25 league games, and that tells you uh, where they're being scored because they've only conceded 36. So John Henley there is is a very good goalkeeper, he's a very solid man at the back, but there really wasn't a lot more that that that, that he could do on the night. But they they've got to be making the keeper make goals, make make saves. Yeah, I presume again 
I don't know if one going down at certain sides and thinking, right, don't think we're going to go down and we could go out and play with a little bit more freedom in that sort of thing. But you think, you don't think Angels are in trouble? I don't know. I think they've got more than enough quality. Uh, and he said it there. And I think they've got the right attitude as well. You know, I think they've got the, you know, they're not going to settle for where they are in the table. They want to finish as high as they can. And, and I think that they're in the they're in the mindset that they can... And they know, that's the thing, they know they can beat anybody on their day because look what they've done in the FA Trophy already. Uh, and you mentioned, um, I mentioned there, the three points in those two games. Matt Davison, uh, who I saw at the game, he said to me, well, our last four games haven't away, Dartford at home, Dorking away, Eastbourne away. He said, you look at those and you think probably we'll be lucky to get any points. And they've got four. So that's a good return. And that kind of shows that they they are on the right sort of path at the moment. And I think, you know, that, that, like you say, how disappointed he was after that, after a, a, a defeat at an Eastbourne side, which normally, if you look at the league table, it's no disgrace, but how disappointed he was shows that they've got the right mindset. And I look at, I've got their fixtures in front of me and they're not going to be looking too far ahead. But at the end of the month, they've got Billericay at home. If they win that game, then I'm sure they'll be sitting there thinking, well, you know, we've done enough. And you know, they've also got to play Braintree at home. They've got to play Welling at home. So, a lot of the teams around them have got to go to Longmead and, and it's up to them to make Longmead a tough place to go again. Well, I think it is. I mean, you say they've got to take the the games when they've beaten Kings Lynn, they've beaten Torquay, who are a decent side. Well, Torquay are a decent side. Kings Lynn, maybe they But again, they weren't expected to win those games and they've managed to do that. So it's making the place of Fortress again. Next season is going to be important. If it goes 3G as well, it's trying to get in that mindset. That it's a tough place to go. And people, you know, clubs who don't want to go there and get results. So it's important. It's an important end of the season. And I think it's an important for next season as well. Because somebody said to me, next season, when it goes to the bigger division, when it goes to 24 teams, four are going down and you've got to be in a decent form next season to do this. And, and, and if you've struggled in this season with a, um, a a league that's got 21 teams, you're expecting, A, you're expecting the teams who have been relegated to be half decent, the teams who've got promoted... Yeah. A bit of thing. So you've got to go with the right mindset. It's quite a difficult one with one going down. You know, you look at them now, they're what, nine points clear of it, same amount of games. You're thinking, oh, we're going to be okay. But I suppose it's a difficult one with one going down. It's probably easy to get in the mindset, we'll be okay. And you have a few bad results and it could go wrong. But it seems that Billericke and Braintree aren't winning matches. But it must be, it must, I think if I was playing, you know, we'll be okay, we'll be okay. But I think I think it's got to build for next season is probably a key part as well. Yeah, and I think that is going to be the, the, the big thing now. And and obviously there will come a point where next season does start to become the, the main focus for them, I'm sure. But for, for now, they know that they've just got to keep going. And, and as I say, I was impressed with his with his attitude there. If you know, we, we we want to win every game, and we think that we can, and we think we can be higher up. And you know, but it would be really good for Tommy Angels to to build on. On, on the, I mean, they're in good form at the moment. They've had a good start to 2022, I think. You know, they obviously had a, a tough time over Christmas playing Maidstone twice. But I think by and large, you know, they've won a couple of games and they've been scoring goals. They, they, they're they in quite good shape. And that kind of brings us on to Saturday, the FA Trophy at home to Bromley. Yes, Bromley will be the favourites, but I'm pretty sure that Bromley won't have wanted to go to Tunbridge Angels at this stage of the competition because it's a banana skin for Bromley without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah, I don't know what the priority is for Bromley when they played Dover and then they played Aldershot. They've come away with two good, decent away wins. Um, good, so many local games, which is probably pleased with them. They haven't played some of the big hitters. 
how important is that competition for them ahead of the um, the league campaign? They've already been to Wembley, so in the back of your mind, you're thinking, oh, we've already done that. I know they didn't win, but it's it's a it's a game that everybody's expecting Bromley to win. Tunbridge go with the right attitude. Bromley may not play some of the big hitters. They've got a chance. Should be a cracking game, and I think, and I would say, atmosphere-wise, it's going to be an absolute cracker as well. Yeah, it should, it should be a, a, a really, really interesting game. And, and as you say, uh, Bromley, that the, they lost it. They lost on Tuesday. We'll come on to that shortly. But they've beaten Torquay. They've beaten Kings Lynn. And as as John Henley said, there, absolutely nothing to fear. And, and I like that. I like that sort of. You know, th- this is the attitude we're taking into this game. We're Tunbridge Angels. We fancy our chances at home, uh, and that there's every reason uh, as as to why they they could do that. So um, I really wish. Well. Obviously, both Kent teams. So, I mean, the best team win, I suppose, is what we've got to say for Saturday, isn't it? Well, hopefully we could have two teams in the last eight. And then when you get into the last eight of that competition, that's probably for the likes of Tunbridge and maybe Dartford, we'll talk about in a minute, getting to Wembley will be absolutely phenomenal for them. So, yeah, it's interesting to see if they can do it. Yeah, I think Bromley, again, if you'd offered the Bromley supporter, uh, you'll lose to Eastbourne, but beat Bromley, they would probably take it. So... They've got to follow that. Go the right attitude. Say to them, we've beaten Dorkin, who will probably do well in the National League. Let's go and beat Bromley, which will be a, a it will be a shock. But they've done it before against uh, National League sides. There's no reason they can't do it again. Yes, absolutely. Let's stick with the National League South uh, and the game. Matt was at on Saturday, where Welling twice led against Dartford, but the home side hit back to win the game by four goals to two. Matt spoke to both managers. Here they are in one half, cleverly cobbled together package, starting with Peter Taylor, uh, who Matt began by offering his opinion that they were unlucky to lose. I'd love to agree with you, but I, d- I don't agree, only because the, the defensively we were disappointing. And uh, the game of football is not only when you've got the ball, the game of football is when you haven't got the ball as well. And um, in recent weeks, we've really improved. We've got a little bit more solid. Uh, but today we went back to the old ways of conceding goals that, that the opposition didn't have enough to do to, to score. You know, we've got to make sure that if anybody scores against us, they've got to be good goals. But today they were goals that we, we, we you know, we lost the ball and, uh, and, and, made some bad decisions I think all four goals in the first half will probably be managers pulling the hair out we said at half time yeah, you do. as I say, I know, of course, I look at our goals and think they're good goals. And, of course, I look at the goals that we concede and I say they're bad goals, so <laughs> you can't win. But, uh, but no, I, I thought it was a really, really good first half, I've got to say. And, um, you know, I've got a lot of respect for Dartford and a lot of respect for Steve King. They've built a good team here, but I thought we matched them in every way in the first half. Uh, so I was, I was proud of the players. Uh, it's just that the goals that we conceded uh, were just frustrating. You have got a young side here, but I think you've got some prospects in this squad as well. So is it in the habit of going forward and winning football matches? Is it an important thing? Is that the, the mentality you've got to drill into those players? Well, the first thing we've got to do, we've got to win another five or six matches to make sure we stay up. That's, that's, that's one thing that is the priority of the team. Uh, of course, you want to work with young players. You want to improve them. And I can assure you, this is the youngest crop I've ever had. Our back four, I think two, two 22-year-olds and two 19-year-olds, you know. So uh, they are young and they are learning. I think they're going to be decent players but it might cost us a little bit on certain games like this but eventually they'll learn and, and they'll get better how important is you you know uh, mostly a more mature coach these days You're to play but play you know working with youngsters like that how have players evolved over the years so when you when you've started managing and coaching youngsters are they still the same sort of the mentality 
Um, it's nice, actually. It's because, I, you know, I, I think I've got a good relationship with the players. I think they're enjoying the things that we're trying to give them. Junior Lewis is an excellent coach, and I know he's been a lot of places uh, that where I've took him and all that, but he's a really, really good coach. But I think the relationship between us and the players is very good, I've got to say. And, and, and it did worry me, being an older older gentleman. You, you then think, well, blimey, you, you, you know, you might have too much of a gap. They may not respond to you. But no, they've certainly responded. I think they've been absolutely first class and the only difference I have to do is I can't mention players every now and again because a lot of players they've never heard of. <laughs> What's their work ethic? Is it players' work ethic hasn't changed over the years? No, no, no. You've got a, hung- you've got a hungry group of players here that are not too worried about basic wages they, 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 they're more interested in minutes you know they want to be they want to be on the stage they want to show eventually what they could do and it hopefully for them they do okay and they get a good move at the end of the season. And yourself are you enjoying it still? I'm loving my, the training. We train every Tuesday and Thursday morning, and I'm enjoying it. And again, you know, football's a drug, isn't it? Getting back into it. We were talking about this earlier. You know, the, the buzz of a Saturday afternoon. Uh, well, when you haven't got it, you, you actually think your phone's broken down because nobody ever rings you. Uh, and, but, and then when you haven't got it, it's a Saturday. It's a long old Saturday as much as you, we all watch all the football and all that. But if you've got a match to go to, it's, uh, it's much more fun. And more importantly, this squad here, that's good enough to stay up in this division, isn't it? I think so, yeah. I'm very confident. But it's going to be close, but I think that we've got, we've got a team, we've got a squad here that's got five or six wins in it. That's been a cracking week for you, hasn't it? Yeah, we can change in football, can't it? So, three derbies, three tough, tough games. You know, every derby's a tough game. And that's why I said people to people, it's, it's just a hard league to win. And especially for teams like us, where we've got eight derbies, um with Maidstone in there and Ebsleet in there, Tunbridge in there, you know. Um, but the league's, you know, the league's, it's a tough league, isn't it? You know, you look at t- Tunbridge have gone to Dorking and beat them today. Chelmsford have gone to Dulwich and beat them today. St Albans have gone to Haven't and beat them today. So it's just, it's, it's a tough division, very tough. Yeah, I think, you know, at the start of the season, if you come at the Kent Derby, you come on top of that little mini league, you know you're going to be up there and it shows good mentality those last weeks for the team. Yeah, listen, we've, we've got a good side and there's no dispute in that. Um, you know, when you look at today's game, it's, it's, a, it's a tough game and Welling were always in the game. But I just felt we had that little bit more quality and when you look at the goals, they were, they were all class goals, you know. From the movement for Danny Leonard's goal, went four or five passes, bang, 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 goal. Luke Allen's goal, fantastic strike, bottom corner. And then, yeah, and then Marcus's goal, his lob in the first half, brilliant, lob the keeper. And at the end, unbelievable, coming on his left, bent it in the top corner on the opposite side. So what you would say is four class finishes. Well, you were concerned, well, they had a pretty possession in the second half, but throughout the game, they weren't really hurting you, were they? No, it was all in front of us, wasn't it? It was all in front of us in wild crosses, wild shots, but listen, Peter's got them all organised, you know, they're hard to beat. Um, Pete, you know, Peter's done a great job since he's been in there, in my opinion. He come in there on four points. He's got 21 points. So to grow 17 points with a, a team that's quite young, a back four that's 18 and 19 and things like that. So Pete, that's what Pete's got to work with. I, I think he's done a good job. The Angie up front, you know, two goals there. You, you got him from, he's played a lot up north. How do you know about him? But he's, he's you know, Chester, oh, you can pay money for him as well in the summer. Yeah, well, I tried to sign him from Telford. He scored 40 goals for Telford. But uh, Hartlepool bought him, paid a lot of money for him, Hartlepool. Spent a year there, was one of the top scorers in the first year. New manager come in, didn't fancy him, so moved on. We went back to Telford, scored goals again, then Stevenage bought him. 
played a year in the Football League with Stevenage and then Altrincham bought him so in 18 months he's been bought three times so you know the kid's got something I tried to sign him when he was at uh, Telford um, he come on my radar through through someone Sis, you know, assistant manager at Telford was Matthew Barnes-Homer and he used to play for me at Macclesfield, so we all keep in touch still. So, and how important is that contacts in football? You, you know, players all like it. Brilliant, because I got contacts everywhere. <laughs> so, you know, he mentioned him to me, Kingy. You got to get him. I tried to get him, couldn't get him. Went to Altrincham, and he started the season playing loads of games at Altrincham. Then, wasn't finding the net in the national prem. So he had a nice little loan spell at Kidderminster, who are you know nearly lost to West Ham today and they're third in their division they wanted to keep him till the end of the season I managed to persuade him otherwise and he signed here till the end of the season so I think it's a great signing lovely couple of goals as well first one beautiful finish yeah lobbed the keeper from you know 25 yards and then the last one was just quality just half a yard bang top corner yeah next week for you how important is the trophy for you we want to do well but we know how hard it's going to be. They've, they've knocked out Margate. They've knocked out Wildstone. They've knocked out Yeovil. So there might be a division low, but it's a one-off match where anything can happen, 100%. And you enjoyed that jig in front of the fans again? No, I didn't jig this time. <laughs> My back was hurting too much. So, yeah. Listen, the fans have taken to me, which is always important. You always want your fans to be behind you. But I hope we, um, we give them something to shout about. Uh, Tarford followed that up with a 1-0 win at Havant and Waterlooville. And it seems to me, Matt, from, from hearing that chat with Steve King that you've had there, they've got a bit of their mojo back, Darford. Yeah, um, he was pretty chipper after the game, Steve King. Um, it's been a brilliant week for them, isn't it? Four games, four wins on the sport, well, 10 days for them. Four wins. Going to Havant, who are on a bit of a, a sticky wicket at the moment, but going there is a difficult place to go. And they've got a result there. And against Dartford. I did, I did, you know, even though Peter Taylor thought it wasn't, I thought they were, for the 70 minutes, they were the better team, Dartford. Again, probably a bit like you, probably what you described on um, against on Tuesday, that especially in the second half, plenty of possession, but didn't really have to, you know, create any real chances to do it. They had a better chance in the first half, probably should have been in front just before half-time when they had a couple of good opportunities. But yeah, Dartford, the ability, and they scored some good goals and, bringing players in again, Steve King, moving it around, just shaking the squad up a little bit. That little bit of blip maybe has gone out the window now and they go full of confidence and you expect them to do well in the trophy. But the league, you know, with with that Dorking defeat as well, it's been a brilliant week for the um, Kent sides at the right end of the table in this division and really opened it up. And Dartford, it just put down a marker by winning all those games and now they've just got to carry it on with some big games coming up because they've got... Uh, some uh, some really big games and sides around them. So you're thinking, again, could be in their own hands if they carry on this form. Yeah, and interesting, uh, we, we talk about player recruitment and stuff. And, and Steve King, kind of that, what he was saying about, about the lad who scored the two goals on Saturday and how he's got him through someone who played from at Macclesfield, that kind of shows that the, the value of Steve King isn't just his coaching and his management, it's how he brings players in. Because there's not many other teams in the National League South that are going to be able to get players from Altrincham uh, and, and bring them in. And, and he played well, this the, the striker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think um, Robinson was very quiet. Didn't, I don't know if they worked well together. I see Robinson didn't play yesterday. Robinson came deep, didn't do it. Second goal was, was classy. His first goal was a brilliant finish as well. So, yeah, he's got his pedigree, as he said in there, the pedigree that he's played with before. I, I, Steve King's contacts book 
must be absolutely phenomenal, isn't it? It really is because he picks players up and he's probably highly respected because every sp- you speak to manager, other managers, and they say, "Oh, Steve King, we know, yeah." Contact book, and when he when he see, probably looks at that book. If we need a striker, we need a right back. He's got one he can go and get. Nanga turned down Kidderminster to stay there, and he could be the difference come the end of the season because goals had apart from this little spell they've had, goals have been a little bit tight for them, hasn't it? So they've scored nine in the last four, hasn't it? So you look at that before they weren't they were the lowest scorers in the top half of the table. So important they can do that. Robinson, you know, is going to score. They've got Dan Roberts, who's not involved in the squad. Maybe the concern is, is keeping all these players happy, but maybe they have to ship a few players out if it comes to it. And obviously they move on on Saturday. They're still in the trophy as well. But I, I get the feeling that they're, they're not taking that tight need and market for, for granted, are they? Well, they had that game at AFC Sudbury. I think they're the same division or the same level. And that's where their sort of season went off the track a little bit, didn't it? So I think Steve King hasn't been to Wembley. He would like a trip to Wembley as a manager, I'm sure. So I think that AFC Sudbury game was probably in the back of his mind when he got it. But there's no reason that need and market. I think they're middle of the table. I think they were 2-0 up and conceded two in the last two minutes to draw on Saturday. So Dartford, if you, if you can go to Avon and Waterlooville and win, there's no reason why you can't go to need and market and win. And again, I think the closer they get to that, Steve King, he likes to win the Kent Senior Cup ties. So... If he wants to win that, he's definitely got to want to do well in the trophy. Yeah, and I mean it would be a, a, a fantastic achievement for them. And and you know, much like we're saying about Tunbridge Angels and Bromley, when you get to the the last eight, you can you can really start to dream. And I don't think there's many teams in the National League who are left in that competition who would fancy a trip to to, to Dartford in the in the quarterfinals if Dartford were to get through. Yeah, I think Dartford got to the semi-finals a few years ago. I think they did. I, can't, I think they probably did. A, maybe 2014, 2013, something like that, when they were in the National League. So, yeah, uh, again, he's got a big enough squad to, to to work on both fronts as well. Again, he'd rather play matches than train, I think, Steve King. So, um, yeah, definitely taking it seriously. I, you know, I, I can't see him slipping up at Needham Market. I think that, as I said, that game they had against Sudbury, will, he'll be run, you know, telling his players, we don't want another result like that. And again, They've got a chance they can win this competition. The FA Cup, they're not going to win, but that derailed them a little bit. So they're good enough to beat Needham Market. I'm absolutely convinced of that. Yeah, Needham Market are 10th in the Southern League Premier not, Central. Not pulling up trees. No, and, and I mean, obviously, that's well, the they've step had some up good results. AFC Sudbury. But they, I mean, they play, for them, they play in a rotten division because obviously, where they are over in Norfolk, um, some of the but some of the teams that they have to go and play, they have to go and play Hensford, uh, Tamworth, Nuneaton, you know, all places like that. Uh, there's some fair old travelling for them in that division, but they're obviously an experienced, um, obviously an experienced side. Um, a need a market, and as you said there, that they can't be taken lightly because they've beaten Wealdstone and they've beaten Yeovil, so that they, they are no mugs. But Dartford, if they turn up, keep their heads, which was they didn't AFC Sudbury, and I can't see any reason why they can't uh, progress in that competition. Uh, what of Welling uh, on Saturday, Matt? Plenty of young players in that side, as both managers alluded to there, and, and I think you were quite impressed with them. Yeah, I was impressed with them. I thought they had some good players. Um, Barnes, the um, fullback, or sort of, uh, sort of like a winger, he was very good. Um, uh, the striker who scored, um, Akiyemi, I like him as well. He, 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 you know, he, he bigged up Conor Essam in the interview, Steve King, a couple of times. I like what... Um, Akiyemi can do because he can come short and he spins past his man. Strong player. 
I know um, thinking that maybe he wasn't fit at the start of the season, but he's a threat as well. He's only 24, had plenty of clubs, but I think if you played him up with a, another striker or a partner, he could cause problems. So, yeah, I, I think Peter Taylor, you know, he's as I said, he's seen more games than I have, so he definitely knows what he's talking about. But I think he's got something to work with there. Maybe they're missing a, an experienced older head um, to turn, maybe sort of see out the game for them a, a centre-half. But I, I, all in all, I thought Welling were good for 70 minutes. And if they'd taken their chances, it could have been a different game. But I feel sorry for him a little bit. But Peter Taylor's working all right. And again, it, talking to me after the game, you know, in that interview, he seems concerned they still need to win a few more games to stay up. But with one going down, I, I'm in the thing they're going to be OK. I think they've got enough quality if they can keep that fit. And I think they'll get stronger as the season goes on because they do have some decent players there, I think, who can who can do a good job. And as he said, they want to play games rather than um, picking up the cash. And I think what was interesting, he says, you know, Junior Lewis is, is there with him doing the coaching. And, and Junior Lewis has, has been a lot of places with Pete Taylor. So he's had a high-level experience and he was a, a decent player in his day as well. But but what I really liked about that was Peter Taylor saying, well, Saturday's a miserable if you haven't got the football. Uh, and, and obviously, even though he's you know, he is nearly 70, he's still got that passion. And I think that's a big thing for Welling because, you know, kind of similar to what we we're saying about Tunbridge Angels, that they, they want to finish the season quite hard. And you said they may be lacking a couple of experienced players, but if they finish the season well, then I think Welling could be a very appealing club for players next summer. If they, if, if they stay up and they finish the season well, you know, where they are kind of plays into their hands, really, because they're, they're in quite a unique situation. You know, if Dartford go up, uh, there may be players who, who won't make it up into the National League as well. So the Welling will kind of have a little bit of a, a catchment area to themselves in that division. So I think that if they finish the season well, then I think they could, they could be another team who set themselves up to start well next season. Yeah, I, I, I was impressed with Welling more than I thought I was going to be. I think they got there. And Peter Taylor's definitely got the hunger working with the players. And again, he was on to the players straight away. Do the right thing, do the right thing. So... Getting a coach by Peter Taylor and getting that attitude into them can only work in their right thing, right nature. And hopefully Welling are going to stick with Peter Taylor. It's been a difficult season for them, but they've gone through too many managers, I think, over the last couple of seasons. They need a bit of stability, and I'm sure Peter Taylor can do that. Yes, elsewhere in that division, Maidstone and Ipswich both played once this week and both won. Stones beating Bath City 2-1 on Saturday and Fleet hammering St Albans 5-0 on Tuesday night. Uh, Kent sides in second, third and fifth in that table at the moment. Four points between them and a seven-point cushion to the edge of the playoff spots. you think those three have probably got the springboard to carry on and be competing right to the end of the season. And uh, I think it happened just after we recorded the show last week, but Hakan Hayretin signed a new contract uh, at Maidstone United. And, and I, I think he's settled in now to, to, to the role and... and you know, a couple of months ago, three months ago, it looked like things were looking bleak for him. But he seems to have found the, the, the formula that's got Manchester United flying up the table. Yeah, feel good factors back at the club there. I think they go into matches at home again, expecting to win. When you when you see it on social media, there's a bit of a buzz about it. I think fans expect them to win matches. The board, um, our good friend Oliver Ash, and people are saying, it's, is this the best Maystone side there's ever been? including the ones that Jay Saunders gotten promoted into the National League. So there's a real buzz about it. It's a fair play to Hay Retton because he didn't, when the game I saw him, he, he didn't come out for his interview and you think, well, is he, is he going to be in trouble here? But he's turned it around. And again, game in hand, win that game in hand. They could, could go top of the table with Golden, which is not too dissimilar to Dorkin. It's been a really big week for a lot of our Conference South sides here. With Dorkin losing, and them all picking up wins at the top of the table. 
we thought last week, well, oh, it's all over. It's going to be Dorkin. But now, and looking at it, Dorkin have got to, Maystad have got to go to Dorkin and Dorkin have got to go to Dartford and Ebsley. So, interesting times coming up, I have to say. But yeah, fair play to Hayretton because I thought he was on the brink at one stage and the fans are sort of maybe turned on him, but there's a real feel-good factor around him now. Yes, on Saturday, Ebsfleet at home to Slough. Maystow make the trip to the Sunshine Coast to take on Inform Eastbourne Borough. Welling at home to Chippenham. Uh, Dartford then travel to Hungerford on Tuesday when Welling are at home again, this time to Dulwich Hamlet. Uh, defeat for Dover Athletic on Saturday as they lost to Stockport in the National League. Well, Bromley were the victims of a late call-off as their trip to AFC Halifax Town was pre- postponed at 2pm. Uh, some 30 miles further from Bromley to Halifax than it is from, say, Notts County to Dover. But it seems that the social media reaction was somewhat different from Bromley fans uh, than the other recent late postponements. Uh, Andy Woodman's then lost 2-0 at Southend on Tuesday night. Two new signings are on too this week. Uh, certainly giving Woodman the resources to, to really go for this, aren't they, Matt? Yeah. Um, centre-half came in. What was the other... It was a striker, Bloomfield, from, from Barnet. Barnet who's, yeah. who's not, he's had his injury problems before, but he's been round the houses a little bit. Again, Louis Dennis, they've got a strike. Hasn't really scored many goals this season. Um, still got Whiteley. So they've got attacking threats from there. Maybe takes the pressure off Michael Cheek, James Alarby. So... He's got a tree, he's got a sort of um little bit way up all these players, isn't it? How can they play him? But the right end of the table, you don't want to say what if if we had brought this player in, could have made a difference. So yeah. Um yeah, it's going in the right track, very, very tight at the top of the top, top of the table. Good result for get well, disappointing result against South End without a bit of few chances, apparently. With the I think Steve Arnold got man of the match for South End. So um yeah. It's still a long way. They've got some big games coming up as well, Bromley. So, yeah, very, very tight at the top of the table. But, yes, fair play. Andy Woodman's probably gone to the chairman and said, now I've turned down opportunities to go elsewhere. What can you offer me? And he's brought in a couple of players to, to do that, including spending money on Bloomfield. Dover at home to Torquay on Saturday. Then they've got that rearranged game with Notts County at Crabble on Tuesday night. Uh, there's also a big old game at Hayes Lane on Tuesday as the leader, Stockport County, come to town. And that's a game that, Bromley have got to look at that and target and really target that. And, and again, that factors in what what do they do on Saturday? Because that that game on Tuesday is probably bigger to them than than the FA Trophy on Saturday. Yeah, I would say so. You're probably looking maybe two and a half, three thousand there. Good support they get um, Bromley, particularly at home at the moment. So yeah, again, I've got to presume these new sides. Bloomfield might be cup tied, so the um, Barnet, but I presume the uh, Margitson should be able to come in and play. Yeah. It's all about priorities. Again, 25 years ago, people played, you know, cups and leagues, played the same teams. It'd be interesting, even down to our levels now, they've got to prioritise the games. Yes. Uh, Dover could get a win this week? Torquay beat Wrexham, didn't they? So, oh, um, no, OK then. And, uh, well, <laughs> we've, let, we've, let, we've let DeCosta go. I quite liked DeCosta. I didn't really get much game time, but I thought he was a threat. So, again... Are they planning for next season? We don't really know. Um, but the players are going um, from where they would be. It'd be interesting to see the side now with Judd being suspended. They're, they're probably down to the bare bones a little bit unless players are coming back into it. But it'll be tough against Norkey, Torquay and it'll be tough against Notts County, I'm sure. Absolutely. Let's move on to the Eastman League South East. Uh, next, where I also went to a game in that division on Saturday. I know, two in a week. Uh, much like Tuesday night, though, I came home on Saturday pondering just how a side from Kent hadn't taken all three points from their Sussex opponents. At that time, it was Corinthian who twice fell behind against Whitehawk, twice hit back with goals from corners before half-time. 
and then missed a host of chances in the second half as the game ended 2-2. Disappointment for Michael Golding on the pitch, and then his day got even worse when he was apparently rejected for an interview by yours truly. Uh, Charlotte Billings, don't believe everything you're sent on WhatsApp. Uh, to get a different voice on Corinthian proceedings, I spoke to Hoop's assistant boss, Paul Sawyer, and I started by asking him if it was two points dropped at Whitehawk. First half, we, I thought we was under a bit of pressure. Let's say that wind was quite strong going, going sort of uh, into our faces first half. I thought the boys showed, you know, I thought they showed a bit of uh, sort of courage coming back twice and sort of getting back to two or at half time. We said to the boys at half time, yeah, let's be a bit more positive second half. You know, get on the front foot. And I thought we did. And I thought second half we was the better team and uh, we had some good chances second half. And unfortunately, yeah, we should have come out with three points. Yeah, I mean, you've missed the chances, but I suppose as well, the, the two goals you conceded, you're going to be disappointed with both of them as well. Yeah, it was a day where... I think if you go away three kicks and balls were coming in your box, I say it was a difficult day to defend. And I say the first one, yeah, it was. I say we haven't defended it on the edge of the box. I say from where we were standing, I thought that the lad might have been offside for the second header. Um, but I say that you know they've ended up winning a couple of headers and winning the third one as well. So you know, the, you know, you'd like to think we get on the end of one of those and uh, I say get a clearance. And I say the second goal, we, we've been caught a little bit as well. Um, and I say look. Yeah, they, they've, they've got down the side of us in the box, pulled it back and uh, so the guy at the far post has, has tucked it away. But I say for us to come back twice first half was, was encouraging. And you know, both of our goals were you know, from set pieces as well. And I think it was a day when if you get balls in, into the box, you know, you're just going to cause problems because I say the wind was very strong. And uh, it was that type of day. The more, you know, the more ball you got into the box, you know, the more chance you had, obviously had of scoring goals. It's one of those things with the chances at the end, isn't it? When you don't have a budget, it's hard to get the, the, the strikers yeah. in who are going to take all those chances because, you know, especially the ones towards the end, that Luke Tanner won that. It a big opportunity, wasn't it? Yeah, it's, it's probably tough for Luke. Let's say Luke's just come off the bench. You know, he's been sitting on the bench all day. He's come on for the last 10 minutes and probably, you know, the first time he's really had decent possession or, you know, he's come to his feet in the box. And let's say on another day that goes in, he's, he's made contact. And I say on, you know, on, a, on a good day that goes through the keeper's legs and, you know, you come away happy and winning, you know, winning and taking the three points. But, yeah, that's happened to us a few times. You know, we've had games where we, we, we could have, you know, we could have won games when we drawn and, uh, yeah, disappointing. But I say it's it's up to everybody to score goals. It's not just the forwards. And uh, and I say Bath, he's chipped in again today and Jack Mahoney. And, yeah, we have scored from all around the pitch. And uh, I say, yeah, disappointing. But, yeah, yeah, even the rebound, you know, the rebound was, was a half chance as well. And I said, we've had Jack Mahoney's chance as well, which was a half chance where he's loved to keep and it's gone wide. So, yeah, on, on another day, you know, I say we, we come away with three points, but, it's, yeah, not to be today. Shows how far Corinthian have come, though, that you've come down here to Whitehawk, an established club who've been a couple of levels higher and you're disappointed that you're going away with a point. Yeah, I, I, I've been here with Dartford in the past, you know, when we've sort of been in the in the conference south. So, you know, I know sort of where this club's been. This club's, you know, on, on many occasions has, has been in the playoff to get into the, uh, you know, into the national conference. So, yeah, yeah we have come a long way and, uh, you know, for us to be disappointed probably shows where we are now, you know, I think it took us took us a while to find our feet in, in the league, but I think now I think the boys know that every week, you know, if, if we're on our game, you know, we, we've got a really good chance of winning any game against any opposition in this league now. How much are you enjoying being here at Corinthian? Because obviously you, you weren't here last season and, and you've come in alongside Mark, who's a young manager, yeah. and, and it seems to be working quite well for you. Yeah, I'd, I'd say I was alongside Tony Berman for, for, for many years and before that, Tommy Sanson. So, it was, you know, when we come away from Dartford, I had a couple of years out of it, and I say I used to come down and watch. Because obviously, my son's involved, um, and it's my local club. I live in Hartley, so it's it's, it's on my doorstep. 
So, so when Michael phoned me during the summer, you know, we had a chat about it, and yeah, you know, I spoke to the family because I say Dad got used to having me around for a bit longer than I had in the past. But you know, I thought to myself, you know, I'm, I'm now 56, and I thought if I don't get back involved, I probably never will. And it was an ideal one for me. I say it's local. Um, I know what the club's all about. I know the way you know, the way things are run, and I know you know the lads are a good a good bunch of lads. And you know the attitude. Yeah, I've enjoyed you know the, the, the training and the, and the match days because um, they you know they're a good bunch of lads. You know they all get on well, but they all work hard. Their attitudes are, are really good, and that's all you can ask as a coach. You know you, you just want people to uh, say have, have a have a really positive attitude, and and they and they have you know in fairness to them, and they they stepped up and they performed really well this year. You've mentioned him already. What's it like coaching your son? Do you find you're hard on him than other players, or do you just treat him the same? Oh. I really just try and treat him the same as anybody else. Um, it, yeah, it's a little bit different because I, I he obviously he is your son. Um, but no, he's done he's done well, and, and you know that was one of the things I, I sort of I was worried about really coming in because Ryan was involved, and Ryan's not always been a, you know in, in the team here. And uh, and I said to Ryan during the summer, look, if I come in, you know, it's a bit different. You know, all of a sudden I'm, I'm involved. If you're not playing. You know, I said you, 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 you're going to have to hunt with me rather than other people. And uh, in fairness to him, he said no. He said, you know, he said you give it a go. He said if I don't get in the team this year, he said I need to be playing regular football. So he said, you know, he said you do what you, you know, what you need to do. And and then in fairness to him, he's done well. You know, he's he's had, he's, 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 uh, he's he's had a you know a steady season, and uh, so he's made it a little bit easier for me in that respect. Yeah, you move on now. You got Lansing at home next weekend. You, you beat them quite comfortably when you played them earlier but they've had a good result today and they're in a little bit of form aren't they yeah it's it's, it's one of those leagues it's, you know you sum the results today you know the boys were just saying about some of them and uh, I think it's, it's that league on, on any one day anybody can beat anybody and they say if, if you're not right on the day you'll get you know you'll get beat and and we say that week in week out to the boys you know if if we're on our game and I say if we're organised if we work hard all the good habits that we talk to the boys about, you know, you, you've got a chance against anybody. And let's say Lansing will be no different next week, you know. It, it, so it's just really down to us, really, is how we perform. And uh, if we perform it as we can, you know, we'll give them a good game. And just finally, you are pretty much bang mid-table. You're, you're in the middle. You, yep. you cut away both up and below, above and below you. But that's a really positive start to, 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 for this journey because it, it is a journey. And, and I've done the hard work getting out of the scaffold. Now it's yep. establishing yep. yourself at this level. Yeah, we, so we really didn't know at the start of the season sort of how we'd, you know, how we'd perform and how we'd cope against you know, this level of opposition. And uh, I say we've, it probably took us a while. You know, the first 10 games, there was games there that we won and we could have lost. And there was games we lost and we could have won. And, and, and I think it took us a while to realise that, yes, we can compete. You know, and, and yeah, we, we've had some great results. You know, we, we, we've beaten Ramsgate at home, we beat Ramsgate. VCD twice, they were really good teams, and you know, we, we competed with Ashford at home, we drew 0-0. So I think you know, we've gradually sort of gained confidence you know, from those sort of results, and, and we now know that yes, we can compete, and it's now sort of trying to bridge that gap now, and trying to get into that top, you know, top, top bunch of teams, you know, rather than just you know, being banged mid-table, you know, we would like to obviously push on, and you know, we, we, we're still thinking, could we put a run together and, and, and push for the, you know, for the playoffs, you know, that's the way we're thinking. Because there's still 12 games, you know, if we can put a decent run together, who knows? Uh, nice to hear from Paul there, a very experienced coach, and I think his presence is, is rubbing off on everyone at Corinthian, Matt. Yeah, I, I, interesting what you said about that. Again, we mentioned about the drug of football, that he was out of it, and he thought if he didn't go back in, he probably would never do it. So, 
um, with his son. Yeah, very experienced. I didn't realise he was with Dartford that long. He was with Tommy Sampson as well, so numerous years there. But he's only had from that, had a little bit of there, a little bit of nous as well with, as they get going in this league. And interesting what he said in there that he thought, you know, maybe that it took him a while to get used to this division. And now they're pretty well ensconced in um, mid-table. I think they can again look for next season. And but again, you say John, it's finding that magical striker to put away those chances, is it? It, I mean, it is. And, and I mean, the second half, again, they they, they were dominant uh, and they had one uh, Jack Maloney, um, Honey, so lobbed one just wide. That was close. Uh, Iman had a couple of chances as well up front and, and just didn't quite, one of them just didn't gamble enough. And then the, the big chance was for Luke Tanner. He'd just come on. So he was obviously cold, but he was played in behind um, and, and just the keeper to beat. And, and, and it's gone straight at the keeper and the rebound's fallen to Josh Sturman uh, and, he, and he's clipped it wide. And, and it was just one of those where you were just kind of sitting there thinking, you know, it's, 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 it's just not going to happen. It's, it's one of those days. And, and I thought on Saturday, uh, I thought Whitehawk were pretty poor. They obviously uh, improved on Tuesday, but I thought I thought they, were, they, they looked poor uh, on Saturday. And, and I guess that's the frustration uh, for Corinthian is that, you know, they're a better side than that result. And, and it shows. But... It's the age-old problem, isn't it? Everyone wants a striker, and when you haven't got a playing budget, it's ten times harder to to, to get one in. And and you know, Corinthian, I'm sure they're going to face more and more interest in their players because of how they're performing at the moment. But that that they played really well, and and, and I, I did feel really sorry for them on Saturday. But that chat with Paul Sawyer was it was really interesting. Him saying, you know, like you say, his passion to get back into the game and talking about him coaching his son and, and, and the potential difficulties that could have brought about. And I, and I must say, I've seen Corinthian uh, two or three times this season. Every single time, I think Ryan Sawyer has been exceptional. And and interesting story, because he wasn't really in their team last season. Uh, but they always felt that he'd be better suited to this level than the scaffold level. Uh, and I think it's kind of shown that because he's a, a very, very, very good player. That's how far Corinthian have come, as you said in there. Because why talk, you know, played at a decent level. And, and you know, expect them to beat them. And I presume they went walked off that pitch thinking, oh, that they've lost that game with the chance they've missed. So, you got, you know, I, I think they'll be, if, that, if the season ended now, 11th place is a, a brilliant, I think, a brilliant se- season for them. And again, chance to, with these players to grow again for next season. I've never been to White Talks ground. What's it like? Well, it's quite funny because it's, it's officially known as the enclosed ground, but it should be called the exposed ground because... It's very, um, it, it, it's open to the elements, shall we say. It's not far at all from the sea. Uh, and you've basically got on on the one side where you've got the turnstiles, uh, you've got like a, a seated stand and then they've got seated stands behind either goals. And then on, on the far side, there's literally just a massive slope. You could probably go up that slope and watch the game for nothing if you wanted to. Uh, I was quite happy to pay my tenor and get in, to be honest. Um, but yeah, it's, I, I quite enjoyed it. Actually, they've got a good vocal band of supporters who, who make some noise and, and their songs are quite, they're all good natured. You know, they're, they're having a, a good time. There's no effing and jeffing and, they're, you know, they're all um, very open. You know, they're, they they sing against homophobia and racism and things like that. And I, and I thought it was a nice place to, to watch football. It was funny, there was 300 or people there and I got there quite late because it was a, a last minute decision over whether I went or not. And I, and I decided I got, must have got there or only about 10 to 3. And there was a massive queue to get in the turnstiles at that time. There must have been about 50 people still getting in at that point. I missed the teams coming out and everything like that. But the funniest thing was there was three lads behind me and someone went, who are we playing today anyway? And I'm like, oh, I don't know, I'm sure it'll be a good game. But I guess that kind of shows that Whitehawk have got something 
something there, even though their team isn't performing very well on the pitch and they're a couple of levels below where they have been and where they potentially could well well be. But those fans just want to turn up and have a good afternoon out watching their team play football. And it doesn't matter who they're playing or even necessarily what the standard of football is, they're going to enjoy themselves. And I think that was quite nice. Yeah, I think that's a lot of people have thought that since the pandemic. Enjoy your, your local non-league game. And I'm sure if, you li- if you're listening to this pod, you love your non-league. So it shows that other people are getting to enjoy it as well. Yes, Corinthian were in Kent Senior Cup action on Tuesday and managed to avoid uh, losing in both the Kent Senior Trophy and Kent Senior Cup in the same week as they beat Cray Wanderers by five goals to one. Some fine strikes along the way as well, apparently. A goal in the season competition uh, in one game, I was told, and I'm pretty sure they wish at least one of those goals had been on Saturday uh, instead. Uh, as I always said, White Talk travelled to Highland on Tuesday night and the Sussex side claimed a 2-1 win, while Herne Bay were one winners at Chichester on Tuesday. It was a real mixed bag on Saturday with Cray Valley PM beating Whitstable 2-1. Faversham overcame Burgess Hill 2-0. Hyde beaten 3-0 at Leeds Hastings, who are now six points clear at the top. Uh, Phoenix Sports had a brilliant 1-0 win at Haywards Heath. Herne Bay beat East Grinstead 4-0. Seven Oaks dropped into the bottom three after their defeat to Lansing. Sittingbourne beaten 1-0 by Chichester. VCD beat Ramsgate 2-1. There was a real turn up for the books. There's three bridges put five past Ashford United. That's a worrying result for the nuts and bolts, Matt. Yeah, I read Tommy Warrillow said, blame me, don't blame the players. So, yes, they've sort of Two defeats, losing to Hastings as well. And that um, sort of spell has pushed them into the middle of the playoffs now. Um, yeah, I'm sure Tommy, Tommy, as we know, has brought in a lot of strikers in, hasn't he, recently? Um, maybe that we looked defensively if, if they've been a bit frail at the back there. So, yeah, disappointing result there. I was looking at the league table as well here, John. Whitstable looking over their shoulder a little bit here as well um, after that fantastic win for Phoenix Sports. Well, here's the thing, Matt. Uh, on Saturday... Phoenix against Whitstable. So if Phoenix were to win that game, they will be off the bottom of the table. And I mean, that is an incredible turnaround for for Phoenix. I mean, they, they, they were, even at the turn of the year, they were still struggling. But Steve O'Boyle has obviously got something going there and and has got them now all of a sudden looking like they've got half a chance of, of getting out of it. So, you know, full credit to him. And, you know, if they get a result Saturday, that would be absolutely phenomenal. We may even try and get him on the show again. Yeah, that's again, Seven Oaks as well. Slipping down the table a little bit. Yeah, a little bit concerning for our Kent sides down there. Um, yeah, that's got to be the game of the weekend. Phoenix against Whitstable at the bottom. I'll be looking at them from that. Whitstable, you know, they, they don't want to be dropping back into the scaffold, do they? So, really big game there. Um, yeah, Whitstable got to come to the party, I think, a little bit there. Yeah, they have. And, I mean, they've had a few... High moments since Keith McMahon took over, but a few low ones as well. So yeah, they it's it's, it's a, that is a big game. Actually, it is a big on, game. Yeah, on, on Saturday. They only played forty, so you've only got fourteen, thirteen games to go afterwards. But thirty-eight they play. Thirty-eight. So there you go. So yeah. ten games to go. But again, Phoenix win that. You know the momentum's with them, and the the pressure on Winston will be quite high. Yes, uh, this weekend also Ashford looked to bounce back when they face Seven Oaks. Ramsgate travel to Burgess Hill. Cray Valley head to Chichester. As we already heard, it's Corinthian against Lansing. Faversham at home to VCD. Herm Bay meet Hayward Heath. As we've just said, the bottom two clashes. Phoenix host Whitstable. Sittingbourne at home to Hastings. And Hythe travel to Three Bridges. Ashford then head to East Grinstead on Tuesday when Faversham meet Herm Bay. And Ramsgate go to Hayward Heath. Uh, up to into the Ismini Premier Division now. And something a bit different as we're going to hear now from Margate's head of recruitment. Our former sponsor Steve Miller, a football agent by trade, has taken on that role and is working closely with Jay Saunders to bring players into the club. Matt caught up with him to find out all about that role. It works in two ways. Um, so first, first of all, I've got a sort of a team who go out scouting for Margate. 
Uh, we've got three lads currently, and we're going out to watch games every Tuesday, Saturday. Um, if anyone impresses, then you know the feedback comes to me, and then I'll go to Jay and say, oh, I've seen this player, he's quite good. Um, and then obviously, Jay's got lots of contacts in the game, he'll ask about the player. Um, if we might be interested, then you know, I'll go and watch him personally. If they still impress, then I'll go to Jay and we go from there. How do you find out about those players? Is that your recommendations to you? or? Um... Yeah, so well, it's a bit of both ways. So recommendations from the scouts I've got out on the ground watching the games. And also, you know, Jay's been in the game for years and years, so he's got many contacts who, who pass him names. Um, and, he, you know, he might phone me or text me and say, Steve, can we go and watch this player? Um, and we go from there, really. Yeah, um, it's, it's an interesting one because I always think that I can spot a player when I spot them, but it's easier to say, how many times do you have to watch a player? Do you think, right, I go, and, and I presume you've got to delve better than him, what he does in a 90-minute period as well. Yeah, of course. So, so you, uh, you watch the player. Like I said, we've got the scouts, they watch the player. Then we try and do our due diligence on the players, uh, see if we've got any contacts who've known them, worked with them before, or anything like that. Um, then I'll go and watch them myself. Um, and then, you know, we might ask them for training or something like that. Yeah, it's interesting because the level of football, what sort of levels of players are you looking at? Is it players, I presume, from a market point of view, you want players on the up rather than technically on the way down because there's a, there's a lot of hungry players out there who want to play at a decent level, which Margate is in the, in the uh, Isthmian Premier League. Yeah, so we look in, to just give you an overview, I've been to watch um, sort of Premier League 23 games, mm-hmm. um, been to watch you know, step six games, and we're just looking for anyone who's got potential to play at our level and impress at our level and who's ready to go. What sort of skill sets do you think you need um, to, to, to arguably to work in the, the Isthmian Premier League? Is that a different type of player than you would say to the Conference National or into the scaffold? Or is there, is there, is there transferable skills, I'm trying to say, is the physicality of the game? From, yeah, from the levels you mentioned, I'll say they're definitely transferable skills. Um, as I was mentioning before, I've been to see some you know, Premier League under-23 games. And, of course, the lads who are signed Premier League clubs have got definite ability. But when I've watched some of the games, they just wouldn't fit into our level and don't have the current skill set to fit into our level. How, how can you... Is that is that a problem in the top end of the game that it's very people say that the Premier League under twenty threes, you know, you're not playing for points, you're not playing for a bit of money, and that, and that's why a lot of players drift out of the game, and and you've just got to pick up those players who may drift out of the game and try and work them into playing at this level. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Some of the players I've watched playing for the under twenty threes just just wouldn't be ready for for men's football at that level. Uh, of course, they've got ability, but to play at our level, you need to have you know. Some, you know, some physicality about you as well because the pace of the game is so fast you need to be able to hold your own in men's football and some of the players I've watched just simply couldn't From, from a Margate point of view again um, I think they signed a, a guy from Gillingham on loan uh, from the academy I don't know if you've been involved with him do you know much about him when he signed? Yes yeah, you know, I've seen him play for Gillingham first team and watched a couple of youth games as well um, that came about as uh, Gillingham approached Jay uh, he then asked me what I knew about this player and we, we decided to take him. And uh, he came on for his debut on Saturday and, and had an impact. Oh, that's good to see. From a Margate point of view, I, I think they're, they're, we're talking ahead of they play Leatherhead this evening and Leatherhead are bottom of the table. I think currently yeah. ninth place in. A Margate, I think looking at the table, it might be difficult to get in the playoffs, but it's still a long way to go. Uh, I think Margate, you, the work you're doing is, is for the future of the club and building him. Because what, what probably normally happens at this time of the season or at the end of the season is that you lose a load of players and you have to keep 
transition season after season is the work you're doing building Margate for the future yeah we hope so I think Jay's referenced it a few times in this season but um, the only player we've got from last season left is um, the captain Ben Swift uh, and the teams at the top of this division you know teams like Worthing and Lewis have had sort of a core of players for two or three seasons and that's the position we want to be in um, but this season of course we want to finish as high as possible um, you know and we've got some good players in this squad so the old seven-day approach. Can you yes. explain that a bit more to us? Because it's quite intriguing how that actually works. Yeah, so um, I can give you an example, actually. We uh, recently signed a player called uh, Ben Asperavida from Tower Hamlets. Yeah. Um, and he was a player we scouted and he'd come along for training and we, you know, we wanted to sign him. Uh, and when you want to sign a player, you have to approach the club and say, look, we want to sign this player of yours. Uh, and they can either ask you to wait seven days until you speak to them if they're not on contract, or they can waive it. Um, if they waive it, it means you can get a deal done straight away, which is what ha- Tower Hamlets luckily did for us on that particular one. I presume the seven-day period is for them to have a word with the player and say, right, we can either put you on a contract <laughs> or, you know, wh- how they can make him stay at the club. Yeah. Is that how it works? Yeah, exactly. You know, they, they might, if they're important to the club, they might offer them a bit more money or a contract or or whatever they can do to, to get them to stay. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's an intriguing thing. You know, constantly players are moving around, etc. like that. Um, have you got anybody who you think you've signed to Margate, who you think has got the ability, or you've recruited to Margate, who's got the ability to go higher up the leagues this season? Uh, yeah, no, we've got some, we got some very, you know, very good players in this league. I think Ben Swift could definitely play higher. Obviously, Ben Greenhall has played higher for the majority of his career. And I think he's one of the best players in the league. Um, I think Dennis, who we signed, as I was speaking about from Tower Hamlets, has got potential, maybe in two or three years, to go higher. Uh, so, yeah, we've got, we've got a few. And I presume, you know, from a personal point of view, is to see a, a player that you've recruited at Margate, does well at Margate. I'm not trying to say it, but then at the clubs at this level, if you can sell a player into the league, it, it shows progression for the club. It's good for you and good for the club, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's always good if Margate players, you know, move on to higher levels once they've proven themselves with us. But... We want us to do the business for us first. It's interesting to hear all that, Matt. And it's, it's amazing, really, the lengths that some clubs are going to try and unearth a gem. Yeah, I, I think the business model of if you can unearth a gem, be it from the Premier League, unless even though he sort of said that some of the Premier League academy players wouldn't be able to handle this level of football, or from players from the scaffold or, or leagues around them. I think there's plenty of players out there. Um, as we've mentioned this season. So Margate going down that route. Clearly, I think Jay Saunders is a pull as well, what he's done in the game, um, how he can bring players on and success he's had. And I, I think it must be an interesting job for Steve to go to get his body of scouts to bring players in. And you might not get all of them right, but if you get a couple right and you can, they can have a career out of it, which can benefit themselves and the club, the selling club, I think it's a way forward. And I think... Um, these day and age, is you've got to have that little contact book, because like we mentioned with Steve King, it's ability to look at players and bring in players as well. So, oh, so important. You can't step on your laurels there. And I think whatever level it is, there's plenty of players out there who can do a job at Isthmian level or even national conference level if you watch, if you look at them carefully. Yeah, and it's interesting to see Margaret kind of going down that route because that is an important thing for them and, and and as you said there they picked up the lad from Tower Hamlet so put a seven day approach in got him and they think already that he's got the potential to go higher but maybe if Margate didn't have that structure in place that they've currently got with Steve and, and his team of scouts maybe they would have missed out on that and I think 
you know, all the way down the pyramid. I, I think it's all the way up the pyramid from there even. You know, it's a little bit of a criticism sometimes of some of the bigger clubs in Kent that they don't go and pick up the players who are doing well locally. And, and you know, by that, I'm saying, you know, I'm, I'm saying I can only see a few examples of, of players who, who've gone into nationally. Like Danny Leonard at Dartford is, is one. But it's a prime MC, example. Yeah. There's players out there. I don't know why players don't look at players at that level. You know, we've seen there'll be players out there, young and hungry, who may have had a bit of academy background or coming through, have drifted into this level and a little bit of extra quality truck coaching, uh, you could be successful. And I think you've got to admire that from that. And maybe from a Margate point of view, they're losing the localish sort of players due to Ramsgate's heavy building of that. And they list further the method to go to. And I'm fully in favour that of this selling method because it can really benefit your club. And I wonder as well, man, with your Dover hat on, do you wish Dover were looking at the players who were doing well? I know we've said before on this show, you'd love a bit of Joe Taylor, wouldn't you? If he's scoring goals even a couple of levels below, why not give him a go? But it seems to me that so many of these clubs in Kent are, are, are always looking to get players from outside the county or, or, or in that sort of London area because they think there's more players there. But if you look down into, into the Isthmian leagues, those players are there. And if you give them a chance, and I reckon, you know, the Dover fans would probably rather see a local lad giving his all than someone who's who's here for a paycheck. Does, does that make sense? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm fully, I, I'm, I think when Andy Hesseteller's first spell, he had a bit more money. He brought the best player. He brought half of Ramsgate came in and they all did a job from there. So there is the players there. I think maybe, you know, his policy, if you're looking at Dover's changed, he's got contacts in the higher end of the game to, to do things like that. But I definitely think um, if, you, if you've got enough scouting out there, you would find players in the Isthmian Premier, Isthmian Southeast, who are the right age group you think you can develop, who can do a job. So I think it's a, it's the way to go rather than same old faces keep popping and wrapping around. Yeah, and, and good luck to, to, to Steve and good luck to Margate uh, with that process. Gate will wonder winners over Horsham on Saturday, a late goal from Lewis Knight securing the points before they drew nil-nil at Leatherhead on Tuesday. Uh, Cray Wanderers beat Merston 3-0 on Saturday. Well, it was two points from two home games for folks in Victor. Being held to a 1-1 draw by Carl Shorten on Saturday for a 2-2 with Bowers and Pitsy on Tuesday. Jordan Wright rescuing a point late in the day. Uh, Margate travelled to bottom of the table East Thurrock on Saturday, while Folkestone are also Essex bound to take on Hornchurch, the side directly behind them in the table. Cray Wanderers on the road as well as they face Wingate and Finchley. Now, Cray would be level on points with Wingate and Finchley, but a couple of weeks ago, and with very little fanfare, the Wands were deducted three points for playing an ineligible player back in August. That's not ideal in a relegation scrap, is it, Matt? Who know who the ineligible, ineligible player was? I don't. It took me a lot of digging to even find it, to be honest. about that. Well, good. Good digging there. Um, well, basically, yes. I saw I saw it in a league table, and then I was and I was like, that's a bit odd. And then I googled it, and I found that it had been mentioned that they had a point deduction. Then I kind of looked back onto the FA uh, things, and because I knew it was from August, I was able to look, and I found the charge sheet in August, and it said they had played an ineligible player and been deducted three points, and their appeal against it had been rejected. So, uh, and and in that sort of situation, you, you do feel for Grant Basie because. It's nothing to do with him, but his yeah. job has just got a little bit tougher. Yeah, it has a little bit. Game, big game against. But they, yeah, again, you don't want to look back at the end of the season if you go down with or in a playoff or whatever, relegate in this division with uh, three points, and he'd be really disappointed with that. But yeah, I think they've still got enough quality to get out of it, enough goal scorers to do it. Good result at the weekend. They can go from there. Look at the league table here, John. 
Folkestone, I know, good at home. Six draws out of 14, though. Do we think the title's gone for them? Well, I think at the moment they're like a train, aren't they, at the, at the top? Um, Worthy, yeah. I mean, they hit six yeah. at the weekend, um, you know, and I think it's, uh, I, I think, I think now it's it, it's kind of the playoffs definitely for Folkestone. And, and you know, with dropping those, those four points at home this week, they've almost got to look at it and, and say, you know, first and foremost, you've got to secure that playoff spot yeah. and then go from there. So, um, yeah. Right, we, so I we'll, have to look at Margate as well. I spoke to Steve before that game. You expect them to get a result against Leatherhead. They hadn't won a home game all season. Probably disappointed with the point. I know they might have brought some new players in. They've got to go to East Thurrock and get a result. Because you thought, you know, to get in, they're on the cusp of the playoffs in Margate. I'm sure that I haven't seen the fixtures. They, they'll have play, sides above them to play. So they're still in within the mix. But we don't want Margate coming in on Folkestone's expense. We want them both in there. Yeah, Leatherhead definitely uh, doing something right at the moment. They've got a new manager, haven't they? Luke Tufts, who was at Ashford Town. And I see today they've signed Jacob Mellis. Uh, so they're not messing about. They've signed, they've signed some good players there. So, uh, so um, yeah, it's, it's one of those at the bottom. I think a lot of the teams down the bottom are really pushing at the moment. Uh, so Cray Wanderers, I think, are one of them. So hopefully, fingers crossed, uh, they'll be all right. Virtually a full programme fixtures uh, on Tuesday in that division as well. Margate are home to Merstham uh, and focusing against Cray Wanderers. So uh, more more big games uh, going on. That just leaves with the Southern Counties Eastie. It's definitely a case of last but not least as two sides bid to reach the last eight of the FA Vars this weekend. Uh, tough away games for them both as well. Stansfeld, one of only two step six sides left in the competition. They're away to Southall. Southall currently six in the combined counties. Premier Division North, although they do have games in hand on those above them, they win those games in hand. They will be second behind runaway leaders Hamworth Villa. South have already beaten Irith and Belvedere and Chatham in this year's competition. So it's safe to say that's going to be a tough game for the Scaffold Division 1 side. But given their incredible progress so far, what have they got to fear going there? Absolutely nothing. So we didn't think they'd get to this far on the last couple of rounds. And they picked up the last round with an unbelievable result when they went away from home. So, yeah, Southall. A good standard. Um, I think they've probably won the Vars in before in previous guises. So a really decent um, side, good good non-league side. It's going to be tough there. But what, nothing to fear. You come this far, you don't want to know. Uh, you want to keep on trying. You want to make sure you give it all your all. They can win that. You've got to start believing. But that's a tough one there. But they'll go there with a with with hope, I presume. I think they signed, um, was it Tommy Whitnell today? Did I always read that? Dansfield? I haven't seen that. Yeah, you may have been more across it than I've been today. But yeah, yeah. But no, yeah, Southall, that's a proper non-league club, isn't it? From back in the mm. day. So um, tough game, but well, if they get a result there, it'd be unbelievable. It would be fantastic. Tunbridge Wells, he won in Somerset in the last round. They now head to Dorset for a tie with Hamworth United, uh, leaders of the Wessex League, and who came back to beat Glebe in the last round. Uh, finalist nine years ago, Wells, and I think with their league position. This is a huge priority for them at the moment. I think it's going to be a tough game for them. But you know what? I think they can do it. Do you? Yeah. I think we had the manager on um, before the last round. And, you know, he said they'd have a disappointing league season, but the Cups are, could be could be, the, could be really the doing of them. Good result in the last round. Again, if they perform to their capabilities, we know that this level that they play in is a tough level. Um, I presume they'll have a word with Glebe and see, you know, get a little bit of scouting report. Again, it's a, it's a bit of a trip, but that can really galvanise its players. So, um, yeah, fingers crossed we've still got sides in the Vars, which will be the last, what would that be last after eight, that? Quarterfinals. Yeah, so fingers crossed. Yeah, fingers crossed for both sides. Tough away. We'd prefer them at home, wouldn't we? But we can see what happens, see what happens. 
Absolutely. And the scaffold itself, the top three or one of the weekend. Glebe getting the ball rolling with a 3-1 success over Earth and Belvedere on Friday. Before Dan Bradshaw grabbed a hat-trick in Chatham, 6-0 win at K-Sports on Saturday. Sheffield United beat Punjab 3-0 then and followed that up with a 1-0 victory over Canterbury City on Tuesday night. Thanks to an early Warren Mafula goal. Uh, elsewhere on Saturday, Connor Coyne scored a late winner as Dill beat Russell 2-1. Kennington 2-0 winners at Lawswood. Erith Town and Tunbridge Wells drew 1-0. Hollands of Blair 2-1 winners at Tower Hamlets. Beerstead beat Wellington 2-0. Beerstead made it two wins in a week as they beat Homesdale 1-0 on Tuesday night. While Punjab grabbed a much-needed three points as they won 3-0 at Crowborough. On Saturday, Beerstead host K-Sports. Deal travel to Crowborough. Fisher meet Kennington. Homesdale host Chatham. Rustall meet Irith Town. It's Willing- Wellington even against uh, Irith and Belvedere. It's also the semi-finals of this year's Kent Senior Trophy on Saturday. Glebe are home to Sheppey United and Larkfield and Hyde host Hollands and Blair. Uh, four league games on Tuesday night as well. Deal Town meeting Beerstead. Hollands and Blair at home to Punjab United. Sheppey United take on Irith Town. Tunbridge Wells at home to Tower Hamlets. And then on Wednesday, Irith and Belvedere are at home to Rustall. So plenty going on in the scaffold, as always, over the weekend. Uh, defeats for both the top two in Division 1 this week. Stansfield lost 1-0 at SC Thamesmead on Saturday. Although Saturn Athletic won 3-0 at Greenways at the weekend, they were beaten 4-2 at Kentfield United on Tuesday night, missing the chance to go seven points clear. Kentfield United had lost 1-0 to Chesterton Hook on Saturday, when Snodland also went down 2-0 at Croydon. Uh, Fabs from Strikeforce, who have announced that they will be playing at Salters Lane next season, beat FC Elmstead 1-0. And it was the same score as Lidtown were beaten at Lewisham Borough. Uh, Ross United beat Meridian VP 3-0. There was a 0-0 draw between Staples, Monarchs and Forest Hill Park. And the only game on Saturday where both teams scored ended Tooting Beck 3, Larkfield and Newhithe 1. Uh, two games in that division on Wednesday as well. Brydon Ropes beat Forest Hill Park 3-0 and Lewisham Borough 4 winners over Chesterton and Hook. And one of those results, Matt, really upset your dog. It did, yes. It wanted to go out, but now it doesn't want to go out and come back. So um, I think it has probably enjoyed you saying it didn't like and got very excited to all, but uh, he's now backside by me, back Excellent. by the side of me. Excellent. Uh, in the, uh, this weekend's fixtures, Brighton Ropes against Rochester United on Saturday, S- FC Elmstead against FC Te- SC Thamesmead, Forest Hill Park taking on Chesterton and Hook, it's Greenways against Kenfield United, Lidtown against Croydon, Snodland against Faversham Strikeforce, Staples Monarchs against Lewisham Borough, Westside against Meridian VP, uh, and, and Tuesday, Larkford and New High, they're home to Snodland Town. Stansfield take on Kemp Football United. Then on Wednesday as well, Lidtown against Greenways, uh, Rochester United against Sutton Athletic. And very quickly uh, into the combined Counties League Premier Division South, where the big game at the top of the table went the way of Beckenham. Uh, a 1-0 win for them at Walton and Hersham. So it's them top, back to the top of the league. Uh, they host Farnham Town uh, on Saturday. And I did read, Matt, quite disturbingly, um, some projections for next season. Uh, and the person who's done them has decided that Beckham, if they do get promoted, will go into the Southern League rather than into the Ismian League, uh, with Guernsey moving back across into the Ismian League. And, and I really, really can't see how that <laughs> makes any sense. And Beckham, I'm sure, would not want to be going into that Southern League because they'd be going all over the place. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, they need to have some sense again when they look at this. They've gone into the um, combined counties. They weren't too keen to go in the combined counties. I don't think they were, were they so? Or- I don't really know. I can't remember. I think they were happy to go in there just in terms of, uh, you know, that it's different places. And I think with their head on, they possibly thought, oh, we might have a chance of of having a good season. But, you know, I'm looking at these southern leagues that they could go into. And honestly, they don't want to be playing, going some of these places. Um, You know, there's going to be some long old trips in there. And that wouldn't really be fair on them, I don't think, to be honest. No, we'll have to see what it, uh, I'm sure there'll be things in there. But hopefully, figures they get promoted, can get promoted and then we'll um, 
then they can worry about it then. But I'm sure they can put appeals in. But surely they they will, they will be a welcome addition to the Isthmian Southeast Division and not the Isthmian Southern Division or whatever it's called now. Absolutely. In fact, it might be the Isthmian League South Central they were going to put them in, actually thinking about, not the Southern League. Right. Uh, but that, I mean, that would still send them to places like uh, Uxbridge and Basingstoke, uh, you know, rather than yeah. uh, the, the, than places just around the corner from them. And, and uh, talking of that division, actually, the uh, the Isthmian League South, our, our old friend Staines Town had it again. Uh, you know, they've lost 6-5 oh, yeah. after being 5 out. They lost 12 at home the other week. Uh, Wednesday night, Staines Town 2, Guernsey 8. Uh <laughs> Staines, unsurprisingly, are bottom of the league uh, with a goal difference of minus 54, having shipped 77 uh, in 23 games. That's pretty much it for the football chat. Obviously, it's been a, a, a rough week uh, if you are an animal lover. Um, both of us have been disturbed by our pets during this uh, during this game and, and uh, during this recording. And the idea of drop kicking it has, has never crossed our minds. Uh, and I think it's really sad that... Um, you know, footballers just seem to be idiots at the moment. You've got the Mason Greenwood situation, which is appalling. Uh, you've got Bernard Mendy, uh, and now you've got Kurt Zuma, and, and obviously differing levels of, of, of uh, scumbagness from all of them. But you know, you just can't do that. And I'm, I, I found it quite tough the last few days. People saying that, oh, it's an overreaction to what Zuma has done. No, it's not. You can't, it, you can't do what he did. And I'm pleased he was booed throughout when he played on Tuesday. He shouldn't have been playing anyway. But, you know, we've had, funny enough, during this recording, Ray has come in here, my my, my boy cat has come in here, and it's five years ago today that we got him, and I couldn't imagine hurting him in any way, shape or form, and, and it, it, it makes me sick, to be honest. You, you didn't think about drop-kicking the dog when it was barking about Scaffold Division 1, did you? No, I, I honestly cannot. A, what the feeling of it, why you would record it, and why would you do it in front of your kids? So, absolutely appalling and I'm appalled that West Ham played him as well um I could not believe that um you know and he said oh I'm here to, I think David Moyes doesn't do himself any credit or most important thing is winning football matches no there is more important things than that but yeah I was absolutely disgusted with that really yeah. really really was and it's good to see that some of the sponsors are dropping them out of West Ham as well so um yeah West Ham I quite used to like them as a club but I think there's decision making it's been pretty poor last week, as bad as Zuma's. I see Zuma's brother, who played against Dover, of course. He's been suspended by Dagenham on that. Well, uh, his brother hasn't. He's just been fined. I've now got the boy here. He's right by the microphone. I don't think you'll be able to hear him purring, but uh, he is here. He's contributing to this week's podcast. And you're all right, aren't you, Sonny? Good boy. Um, Valentine's Day, Monday. You've got uh, big, lavish plans for, for Mrs. Gerard. Uh, no, we don't even we don't even do cards anymore. So well, we did. So we are coming up to our twentieth anniversary uh, of actually going out in Ooh. February. So um, got any plans? Uh, no, not really. I wouldn't have thought. We'll have to think about it. We are going to cream tea next week with Ooh, the kids. Nice. So um, in Can- the full staff in Canterbury, we're going. Oh, nice. Is it half term next week for you? It's it is, but I'm only off one day a week next week. But um, oh. yes, it's half term, so we'll be doing. Little bits and pieces like that, but no, yeah, Valentine's is not really a big, big event in uh, in our household. No, we, I mean, we've got check-ins. We've got three check-ins, so that's our main plan. But we went out today. We went to uh, the, the supermarket that I know we both like to frequent, uh, and they're doing a, a Valentine's meal deal. Fifteen quid, you get a starter, a main, a dessert, a side, and a bottle of wine for fifteen quid. So we All took right. advantage of that. Uh, we've got some nice pulled beef briskets, um, like. Pastry parcels, 
some Dave from Wild's potatoes and a, a nice bottle of wine and some cheesecakes for dessert and, and some scallop thing to start. So that'll be quite pleasant for, for us for our tea on Monday night. I might want to enjoy that. So enjoy your Valentine's Day. So, um, yeah, it's pretty well. Yeah, it's not. Not, not for me. Overrated, not it? It's overrated, isn't it? I mean, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you know, you've been together twenty years. We've been together twelve years at the start of next month. And, and you know, the, not that the romance is gone, but it's like it was Valentine's Day, isn't it? It's not like it's not like our first Valentine's Day together when I, you know, I pulled all the stops out. I yeah, exactly, got heart shaped yeah. marshmallows and put I heart you on on the bed and stuff. None of that nonsense this year. Come on, I've got work to do. Um, yeah. so we'll just uh, crack on from there. Um, uh, just finally before we wrap this up. I, I did something I've done for a few years yesterday. I played snooker, booked a table uh, down oh, at, the, uh, at the local snooker club. Went in and got the gen from them on Monday, uh, as my other cat now joins proceedings as well. So there's uh, two cats in the office with me at the moment. Um, went down on Monday, found a world resort, didn't have to join, just turned up. Uh, so me and my dad played one of the worst quality games of snooker you will ever see. And the, the worrying thing was... I actually got worse as we went along. So the first frame I played quite, I played all right, but you know, didn't get highest break of like eight. You know, I got red, black, or no, but then couldn't ever follow up. But I won the first frame quite comfortably. Uh, I won the second frame as well, and then the third frame I played absolutely dreadful. And I'm not, I'm not kidding you. When all of the reds are gone, so that's 15 points, yeah. When all of the reds had gone, the score was 17-11. And we'd both put some fouls in there as well. So that shows how out of touch we were. But we did enjoy ourselves and we will be going back. So it's... Well, uh, it's just not 50 in a metre job, was it? No, it was just... You, you just book a table. You can text them and book a table. And then you pay by the hour. So what? I think it was... We paid a tenner and we were there just... Like, we were there about an hour and a half and I had a Coke as well. So it was nice. It was... It was just nice to get out and, uh, and and do something different. So yes, enjoyed that, and uh, yeah, we're back to back to the Champions League next week. But obviously, oh, yes. what, what games have you got next week? When it's, uh, I'm only working Tuesday next week in the Champions League. I think I'm doing uh, one of the Portuguese teams against an English team. Does that help? Right. Does anyone know who that is? I'm not no, sure. No, 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 real. Uh, it looks to me like, let me just have a quick, Sorting Lisbon against Manchester City I'm doing on Tuesday. Oh, right. uh, and then I've got some champ- and then I've got some Europa League on Thursday. So that should be good fun. Um, but yeah, we're, uh, we're, we're glad we're to... We're getting be- close to spring when the Champions League returns. John, you're back working. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh, yeah, all, all the fun of the fair. So uh, yeah, it should be good. Uh, in the meantime, I hope everybody's enjoyed this week's show. It's obviously a very long one, but that's because we've got some really good quality interviews for you. And we hope that you've enjoyed uh, listening. As always, you can find us on social media, on Twitter at Kent NL Podcast. If on Facebook, you search for Kent Nolly Podcast. Uh, I'm at John Phipps 81. Matt is at Matthew underscore Gerard. As we say, we always like to hear from you uh, and, and, and let us know what's going on at your clubs if we're not covering it, because, you know, we're well, there's only two of us. We can't spend our whole time covering everything. Um, but yeah, thanks to all of our guests for their time this week. Uh, really, really enjoyed uh, hearing from all of those people that we've spoken to, all five of them. Great stuff. Well done, everybody. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. And we'll speak to you all next week on the Kent Only podcast. I do disagree with Peter Taylor. They definitely should have done better. But clearly, he has seen more games than I've had at dinners. So we'll let him off. <laughs>